This is Maddie Rempe from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How you doing? <laughs> you have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate 54 wiener. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard. It's the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about barbecue and grilling stuff here on the show. We haven't for a couple weeks, but we're doing it now. No doubt we're doing it now. Look at this. Diane Me weighing in on the show. Well, at least you knew what was wrong. I hate it when the computer won't work and you can't figure it out. That's usually me when it comes to computers, by the way, Diane. Hit me. Diane, if I had more of a pronounced... Horse Meat 2020 campaign. Were you going to self-ban again? I hope not. I've stayed away from the Horse Meat 2020 because I don't want you to keep self-banning. I also respect the fact that you self-ban. But a few listeners, perhaps you're the only listener that has ever self-banned. But I respect that. However, there's been no huge... You know, I'll tell you what, Captain, now that I think about it, because for the last number of years... We have had a continued support, whether we knew it or not, of horse meat uh, 19, horse meat 18, horse meat 17, and so on, because my oldest daughter was playing travel volleyball. And as we would tour the country at these national events, she would wear, inevitably to a practice, she would wear whatever the current year's horse meat shirt was. And her teammates would say, what's the deal with this horse meat shirt that you're wearing? And then she would tell them and, oh dear, we got to have a t-shirt. So inevitably I would infect 16 new, what happened to be female members of the grassroots movement of horse meat, whatever the year was. And they would get all the, I would have uh, John Solberg would make me these t-shirts and then we would throw them out to the girls. They would wear them around and, I have minions running around here for many years, probably close to 50, and they still wear their T-shirts, and they still tell, call Bobby and say, hey, I wore my horse meat T-shirt today. And it's fascinating for me that the youth is here to pick up arms at a moment's notice, even to go so far as uh, generate and, and keep going the horse meat movement. But coronavirus has stymied the horse meat movement like everything else. We didn't have a travel volley. We had two or three tournaments, tops. And just as Marley, the youngest, was going to and start infecting a whole new generation of potential horse meat suitors, coronavirus kicked in and kicked the whole thing right in the neck. That was it. So perhaps next year we will find a horse meat 2021. Who knows? John, get your t-shirt guy on standby and get the plates ready to throw in the printing press so we can go 2021 if need be don't forget you can follow me socially on instagram twitter tiktok and snappy snaps at bbq central show do it on facebook slash bbq central show and there's also a live video feed here and i am watching the chat roll gerald cates says we're doing it live that's right finally gerald we're back and better than ever Jeff Rice giving a bunch of technical information here for those streamers saying that if you want to stream to multiple locations, which I had been doing at the old location, I was going to YouTube, I was going to the Facebooks, I was also going to Periscope, believe it or not, so three different platforms at the same time, also generating the audio stream, also I was going uh, recording the show as well, so there was plenty going on. And I didn't have any more than 
10 up. Somehow I was getting away with it, I guess. And Jeff is saying it's best to have 25 upstream for each platform. Well, bad news, Jeff. I only have 25 here, and that's an upgrade from 10 to 25. So I probably will keep it at Facebook only since I only have 25 up. Now, the benefit of the new rig, you know, remember, internet bandwidth and computer processing are complete separate entities. My CPU game is as strong as it's ever been. Right now, Rusty is in the green room. Doug is in the green room. They've connected through vMix. I'm recording. I'm streaming. I have plenty of tabs open on uh, the internet for Google Drive. I'm looking at social media, all of that. I'm running at 19%. Crazy. There's no way. I mean, this computer is got the biggest balls on the planet right now. But it doesn't make a difference if your internet isn't as capable as the rig. So I continue to be limited by internet. I have no idea. I mean, I live in a pretty decent neighborhood right now. I mean, just ask Maddie's boyfriend who came over like three days after we moved, left every window in his car open, left the keys in the car, and Maddie said, you left everything open and the keys are in. And she said, well, yeah, I know. And she said, why would you do that? He's like, well, you live in a nice neighborhood now. <laughs> what did we live in three days ago? It's like, well, you had crackheads living across the street. I'm like, what? Uh-oh. Crackheads? Well, they were a little crazy, but I don't think they were crackheads. But man, you move five minutes down the road and you can leave the windows down and the radio on and the keys in the car. You live in a good neighborhood. Okay, whatever. So, what can I say? But until Willoughby decides that they want to invest in or team up with any number of internet service providers in my area, uh, AT&T, Spectrum. Uh, Spectrum has a uh, gig plan, but their uh, gig download, I mean, who gives a crap about download anymore? I mean, anything over 100, I mean, what do you need that for? I have 450 megabyte download speed and I can only get 25 up. I mean, what the hell is that all about? How come I can't get 100? Is this crazy that we're nerding out talking about upstream and downstream? Yeah, you're damn right it is. But I live in a place where you can leave your windows down and I can only get 25 up. I mean, what world are we living in here? I can get 455 down and I can't get 100 up? I don't understand that. Somebody's got to explain that to me. And by the way, Malcolm Reed, who congratulations, just crossed over the million subscriber mark while we've been off for two weeks unforeseen. He's in Hernando, Mississippi, or wherever the hell that is. I mean, there's got to be swamps and lakes in between all of the neighbors there. He's getting fiber. They're getting fiber where they're at. I I can't even smell fiber where I'm here. I'm relegated to coax. Spectrum is my best offering. AT&T dropped to 18 megabytes download and one and one half megabytes upload speed. That's the worst since dial-up. That might be dial-up now. 18 down and one and a half. I mean, what can you do with that? One person can watch one thing on their phone. Everybody else in the house, you can't do shit. Wait your turn. Get in line. Get your old MP3s that the music is actually saved on it and play. Like, I think Doug is selling MP3s by the truckload because he kept them all as he was growing up. He's got, like, 10 of the little iPod minis like that look like half credit cards or whatever the hell he's got. Like, that's what you need to have in this house if you had AT&T. You only get 18 down. Give me a break. By the way, truer words cannot be spoken by this guy, Gerald Cates. First world problems. Well, guess what? I live in the first world, Gerald. I got problems. My download speed ain't got it like that. (laughs) I mean, really, what are we talking about? Unbelievable. By the way, I got a minute left. Episode 135 of the Best Of making its appearance on Friday. By the way, 
Didn't miss a best of during this two-week hiatus. We'll take you back to July 2019. Longtime listener to the show and one of the top pitmasters on the competition side of things, Sylvie Curry of Lady of Q will be making her best of appearance. Within these minutes, we get some background on Sylvie, how she got into competition barbecue side of things. A great listen, one you'll definitely want to go back and listen to the whole segment. Remember, as with every show that John produces, the link to the full show is in the notes, so utilize that. Let me tell you this. Within that same show, interviews with Jason Ganahl of GQ Barbecue and John Nilgis of Parrothead Smokers, competition legend, so you have to get that show. Email John a request, by the way, if you have a special guest that you thought was uh, great or a rant that you thought was spectacular or a mixture of all those, email John a request to make a show for you. He will do his best to meet your expectations. J-O-N at the BBQCentralShow.com. Ask him. He'll do it. I've seen him do things. For the best of show, I mean. Embedded correspondents are coming up next. And I'm here to talk to you about Pits and Spits because since 1983, Pits and Spits has been handcrafting smokers and grills in Houston, Texas, and within that time, establishing itself as one of the premier brands and high-quality offsets, and most recently, pellet cookers. Pits and Spits sets itself apart by using heavy 7- and 10-gauge steel in every cooker, fully welded construction that you can feel when you use the unit and 304 stainless roll-top lids on the front shelf of every smoker, why does it matter? Well, using high-quality materials, pits and spits smokers reach and maintain temperatures, allowing you to worry more about the meat than the heat. By providing a fully welded smoker, you don't have to worry about grease or smoke leaking out of the barrel or about the grill rattling apart as you move it through the backyard. And by using 304 stainless, you're getting an heirloom-quality product that you'll be able to pass down for generations to come. Now, where some companies focus on being the low-cost provider, Pits and Spits focuses on craftsmanship and using quality materials. Are there cheaper ways to manufacture the products? Sure. But they don't like tack welds, cheap stainless, and electronics that you can't trust. Having in-house manufacturing gives them complete control of the design and standards. That's not something that you will find on a product that's brought in from overseas. They're steel suppliers, supply materials that can be used in the harshest environments. So you know they're going to perform anywhere. Texas, Cleveland, Michigan, Salt Lake City, and the list goes on. Their controllers are made right here in the good old US of A. So they are able to have unimpeded transparency to their programming. Pits and Spits has a dealer network across the country, but if there isn't one close to you, call them at the shop, 844 844- Six five zero six two five zero. Whether you're a backyard grill master to cook steaks for the family or a competition team looking to cook 50 racks of ribs, Pits and Spits has a product for you. You can check them out at pitsandspits.com, all spelled out, or see their pits in the wild all across social media on their handle at Pits and Spits. Embedded correspondence coming up for the balance of the hour. Stick around, we'll be right back. Visits from a killer hog, a cooking guy, a man named Meathead, the author of Barbecue Bible, a grill girl, a bristly barbecue journalist, and the male feasance of the barbecue world known as the Embedded Correspondence. Only found right here on the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we're back in this portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet. Currently available in two sizes with a host of accessories. Whether you're a beginner or professional, it's definitely a cooker you want to add to your arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. Oh my goodness, it is the fourth Tuesday of the month, and after two weeks off, no better way to get going than by rolling in the embedded correspondence. So as I unmute them, we welcome in longest-running correspondent to the show, Doug Scheiding, top right, John Solberg in Michigan, bottom left. 
and Brand Nubian, embedded correspondent from the great city of Utah, Rusty Monson. <laughs> there he is. All right. So, uh, Rusty, let's start with you since you're the newest. If uh, folks missed your first couple appearances, very brief background on you, what you're into, and we'll take it from there. And, uh, Russ, you got to unmute yourself. Test. Got nothing there. Oh, Rusty. Where's your audio, pal? Nothing. Oh, boy. Boys, what do we know about this? This is not the way we make our first impressions on this show. I can tell you that. Oh, dear. I've been there. Where? Where's the Anthony Lujan when you need him? That guy's always ready. Look, he's quit the show already. He's walked off. <laughs> in his defense, great banner in the background. It's not even green screen, if you can believe it. Doug, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Right. Can you hear me? John, you can hear me, right? Yeah. All right, John can hear me. John, can you say something so I make sure I have you live and in person? Absolutely. Oh. Do you have me live and in person? Okay, I have you live and in person. Still no Rusty, though. That's a shame. Well, let's let's do this. Let's go ahead and make it really uncomfortable and push in on Rusty and see what's going on. <laughs> let's go. Rusty, what's the problem? What are we doing? Ready? One, two, three, go. Nope. No. Nice. Uh, John, let's start with you tonight. Worst moving stories, things that you hate or love about moving. I hate moving so much, I don't do it. I haven't moved since <laughs> 1995. Really? And the next the next time I plan on moving, unless there's some weird economic thing, which yeah. is you know possible, it's currently happening. I will be getting a big TV, going to my room to watch barbecue pitmasters, and you know where I'm going then. Yeah, you're going into the retirement home, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the nursing home. That's baby. right, nursing home. You're going to watch pitmasters. You're going to watch uh, the pay per view barbecue show that. Day Neil put on. You're going to get all your viewing done at that time. Yeah, I'm going to get caught up with that and maybe The Walking Dead in my spare time. Oh, all right. Uh, Doug, your worst moving story? Well, up until the sixth grade, I'm an Air Force brat, so mm. we moved every year Wow. up until I was uh, in the sixth grade. So I was one of the nerdy kids that built uh, Legos and had furniture and packed them in and, you know, would watch them. I was just fascinated by the movers packing stuff in. So one particular time, I think it was when we were moving to Denver. Um, I remember how they packed the moving van, right? The back of the moving van. And then when we got to Denver, things were in a different order. Uh oh. And lo and behold, all of our electronics magically disappeared off that off that what? truck no way yes yes all my dad's stereo equipment you know back no. then it was a lot kind of yeah. like your setup that you've got yeah but uh oh yeah it was a it was a tragic thing so we always would have when we moved after that we always had another car that would po uh, tow a trailer that had all of our things that we didn't want stolen yeah on uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now uh, doug be honest here did uh did dad have these things stolen and uh, we did a little insurance to upgrade or these were straight up heists? Oh, oh yeah. Oh no. These were heists because oh. you know, this, these were stuff that he got through his, his, you know, military travels and stuff wow. like that. You know, all the old stuff, reel to reel and that kind of stuff, you oh, know? Wait. So yeah. It, uh, yeah. Oh. Doug, how that many guy. times did you move growing up? Gosh, 11 maybe 11 I mean, times are you kidding i mean as a youth that has to f with you mentally i mean you never can like land and uh, grow roots anywhere you just uh, you're up and a new set of friends the next year right i i was i was a definite introvert i was a definite Hello. introvert till seventh grade hey Hello. someone's Hello. on rusty shut up now yes. okay just because i'm in the middle of an interview all right just because can you hear now, me now we well? can hear you now you got to yes. shut up all right oh my god we can hear you yes yeah. Yes. Long, so, shortest yeah. running embedded correspondent, Rusty Monson, will soon be joining us. Wow. So, uh, I mean, did you did you find that, uh, I mean, can you look back at that time and all, Doug, and say that moving around has helped you in any way as you've gotten older? Um, yeah, maybe it's it's 
help me meet new people every time, you know, because basically I'd have to meet new. But for a long time, I had problem developing friendship relationships because it's like, uh, yeah, yeah why bother, right? Yeah, yeah, why bother? Exactly. Nice. So kind of the same thing when you go on a plane. You know, I don't want to talk to the people on the plane. I'll never see them again. So yeah, exactly. leave me alone. Yeah, leave me alone. Yeah. Uh, Rusty, what's your uh, worst <laughs> moving story that you can regale us with? Um, I was a terrible, like, I don't know, 20 year old. And I would rather go out and, you know, live as a 20 year old than pay rent. And so I lived on the seventh floor of a apartment where the only stairs down were like this wide and it was seven floors down and I got evicted and I had to leave that night. And so I got told. And I, so I had only had one other friend to help me to carry all my stuff down. And I got so frustrated, I actually just threw couches off the balcony and they broke. <laughs> and I just went and had to buy other ones. Wow. And so, yeah, it was pretty bad. I hate moving. I, I, I think it's the worst thing ever. My wife I apparently just loves it. She, We've been together for 10 years and we've moved eight times. Are you kidding me? So, yeah, our first oh, one is wow. she would yeah. fall asleep on the couch. She would fall asleep on the couch and then she'd have to wake up and go upstairs to go to sleep. And she couldn't, she, that, she couldn't do it. So we had to move. And then we what were too high What does that mean she couldn't and, do it? Like she was physically impaired and couldn't do it? Or she just didn't want to do it? When she goes to bed, she's asleep. You know, She doesn't want to wake up and walk all the way upstairs. I to realize to how again. sleep works. But, I mean, come on. If you're going to fall asleep <laughs> somewhere and you want to go to bed, you got to put in the work, right? Yeah, so I just hire movers now. I'm done. Yeah. I, don't, I don't do anything. Oh, my God. I really don't. Let me tell you, uh, as somebody who has just recently moved, and I've done, I haven't moved a lot. I think we moved, uh, you know, very small handful of times uh, as a kid, but they weren't like, you know, Doug moving around every six seconds. Um, we moved, uh, you know, very young to uh, Saratoga and we were there through the sixth grade until we moved to Cleveland. And then, you know, I've been here ever since. So it was like, you know, sixth grade move. It was kind of, uh, I mean, I didn't really care, but that could be weird for some folks, uh, but it was okay. So I've been here ever since, but then I've moved you know, through a couple different apartments. So we moved out of last apartment into the first house. And uh, then we moved, then we built a house and we moved out of that one. We've moved here to this one. And, you know, through the years I've gotten older and I said, holy crap. Uh, a, I don't know nearly as many people as I did six years ago when we moved this time, when I had a, a plentiful number of folks to help me move where I could get the truck and employ everybody. I'd make food and uh, they'd lend me their muscles and away we'd go. I didn't have that time there. I'm telling you, I hired these movers best 14 bucks, uh, 1400 bucks I ever spent in my life. These guys showed up. They are all strong like bull. The one guy could pack that deal like uh, Doug was talking about, like Lincoln Logs and whatever else. And they brought it all here and shipped it all down. And all we had to do was unpack. I mean, it was the least backbreaking work. In fact, this whole move has been a constitution of me paying for things that I can do. Could I move? Yes, I'm going to pay somebody to do that. Uh, could I paint the house? Yes, I'm going to pay somebody to do that. Why? Because I'm not going to be able to get that time back that I'm spending uh, painting the house. Am I saving money? Yes. Well, guess what? I'm going to make more money next week. So at this point, I'll pay the painter. I'll pay the mover. I'm not sure exactly who else I'm paying. That pretty much does it. But those are things that I would never have thought of laying out for as a younger me. But an older me finds much value in that. John, if you were going to move, would you do all of that stuff? Or are you uh, akin oh, to saving no. money? No? You would, you would do I'm all of it? Call, I'm calling the mover. No, yeah. I'm calling the Oh, no. You know, I'm 10 years in front of you. Yeah. So fast forward where you're at. Now it's like, no, it's like, uh, what, what can I sell trade or do what I got? I'm not moving. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call them. I'm not painting. I'm not going on my roof. I'm not, I'm not doing certain things. I'm paying to have that done now. John, you're the biggest sports fan I know here on this dais. Will you be buying the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. fight on pay-per-view? Mike Tyson, that that dude, that actor from The Hangover? <laughs> no, Mike Tyson, that, the, the original heavyweight yeah. badass, uh, then turned actor and kook and face tattoo guy and pigeon racer, and now going back into boxing again. It's a fight that is uh, that is going to happen. Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. I've, I've never heard, I have heard of Mike Tyson. I've never heard of Roy Jones Jr. And no, I'm not going to. 
pay to watch a fight. All right, that's enough. Doug Shiding, will you be paying to watch Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. go fisticuffs? Not in my house. I've never paid at my house. If I go to someone's house and they ask for me for me to chip in, I'll chip in. Huh. But uh, that's about it. But uh, you forgot ear biting. He bites ears too. Yeah, that's right. He does bite ears. Yeah, Tyson has. That's one of his talents. There, there is a litany of things that Mike Tyson is known for. So Doug is a no on pay per view. No, Mike Tyson. No. I have a pretty good feeling about this guy. Uh, let me go to Rusty. Are you buying the Mike Tyson Roy Jones Jr. fight? Hell yes. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Ooh. I'm with you on that one. I mean, I see. You have to understand. I love- like, I was the. I was the biggest Mike Tyson fan of all yes. time. And when he quit, right when he quit, Roy Jones came up. And Roy Jones was flashy, fun to watch, you know, would like get in your face and knock you out with a left hook and do a little dance. I mean, he was cool to watch. Yeah. So I would buy it. I don't care how much. I'd put my I'd I don't know. I'd I would buy it no matter the cost. Yeah, I'm I'm one hundred percent in on this. I am fully down with the Mike Tyson fight as Rusty is. Uh, just like Rusty, when he was coming up, uh, boxing was still cool. It was still the uh, sweet science, all that stuff. And uh, eventually, after he left, I think I hung around a little bit. Riddick Bowe might have been around that time, uh, taking up for a uh, then-washed-up Mike Tyson. Uh, Lennox Lewis uh, was around for a little while. I used to watch him quite a bit. But when those guys faded out, my interest in boxing faded uh, quite substantial. It wasn't even that big of a Roy Jones Jr. fight. I expected or I uh, uh, respected his fighting uh, prowess, but I didn't really ever watch him fight per se, uh, nor did I with like Floyd Mayweather or any of those guys. So Mayweather, the fact that Mike Tyson is coming back, I mean, how old is he? I mean, he's got to be 50 years old, uh, maybe even older than that. I think uh, it's 47. I think it's, it's 47. There's no right. way he's 40. I'm 46 years old. You know? I mean, Mike Tyson is older than me, right? Anybody 90% Google that? of the chance he's he's 54. I'm almost positive. I mean, he's got to be 50 really? plus. Um, so uh, I will watch that and I will wait to see because I've seen, as everybody has, except for John, the Mike Tyson uh, trailer training video as he's like going through the speed and the agility and he's throwing punches. And I'm telling you right now, it doesn't look like he has lost one ounce of punching power in that video. I didn't. I would have never taken the million dollar to let Mike Tyson punch me in the face in his prime, and I will not take the million dollars as a 54-year-old Mike Tyson punching me directly in the face as well because I'm afraid that I will legitimately die. So I'm not going to take He looks mean, and I want to watch that fight. All right. Uh, I want to ask Rusty about the Lion Energy product. This is something that you guys talk about. Uh, it's probably sponsor yours on your Pitmasters podcast. But this is something that potentially has a real ability to usurp those that rely on generator power. So uh, tell me a little bit about it and why it's so great. Because I'm a, a growing fan behind the scenes. Yeah, like we don't do generators and we did barrels in the competition cook, so we didn't use power. And we were very adamant about not using power. And In fact, our one of our first five competitions – Two of them lost power at very crucial times. So I was like, yay. But now we cook on a Green Mountain Grill and we cook our chicken. And then, you know, now we have to use power. So we were kind of working on the generator bit. But, man, those are noisy. They're stinky. Yeah. All that stuff. And then all of a sudden this line of energy fell into my lap. And I, I'd be honest with you. I was like, yeah, it's not going to run my Green Mountain Grill, my music, charge my phone for an entire day. But we cooked it on it the very first time at an SEA cook. We had that Green Mountain Grill going for ancillaries for the steak. For all of it, the entire time, and it didn't even, I mean, the bars were full the entire time. Wow. It just hummed along. I mean, we couldn't even kill. So I'm out here. We use it constantly now. Just Anthony and I, just the other day, we did a little thing on our Facebook, and, you know, we want to do outside. So we just grabbed the line of energy, had it out, plugged it in. Just simple as that to run a music outside when you're, you know, having a party like the 4th of July and you name it, man. That thing, I haven't been able to kill it. And when I mean kill it, with the solar panels on it, I haven't been able to get it to go past just, you know, down one bar. Hmm. So it just stays full charged with everything I've thrown at it so far. So, and I've thrown a lot at it, a Yoder, a Green Mountain Grill, phones, and uh, 
a radio at the exact same time. How big are the solar panels that you're plugging into this thing? I mean, do you need a a truck and you mount these things on your house or or what? No, they fold out to a pretty good size, but they fold, they fold together in like a little case. Nothing bigger than a a suitcase, a small suitcase. Hmm. You know, they're pretty small. Uh, We use two of them because you can plug two in at the same time. And uh, they're not bad at all. They fit right in the back of my truck really nicely. Excellent. They're only like... This thick, you know. How much? How much uh, is this situation all in? With both, I think you're around eight hundred bucks. I mean, with you're using the both of the, um, both of the solar panels, but I think it's just like four or five hundred bucks for the unit itself. We have a Safari LT, and it's one of those things that you buy and you don't realize that you need it, and when you buy it, you like, how do we live this long without this thing? It's great. I haven't been camping with it either, so. It's going to be cool. I'm excited. I don't know how much, uh, Doug, how much is a Honda generator cost? I mean, those are like a couple grand, right? No, uh, an EU 2000, which is what I have. I actually have two of them. They're about a thousand a piece. And I bought mine on Craigslist for like 600 bucks. Hmm. And those are like the super quiet ones that everybody talks about? Those are the quiet ones. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's the the people next to you that have the loud ones that you want to kick out of the contest sort of thing. So. That sounds like Rusty had one of those. Yeah. Well, I have one of those in my garage right now. So in case the power goes out, I have something that you know can at least keep the refrigerator cold and we can keep the internet up and running, all that stuff. But, I mean, that thing is just uh, absolutely very loud. And I bought it at Harbor Freight. I think that thing was you know, probably 1000 bucks on sale. I mean, it was one of the bigger ones. So to have something like this is generating no sound whatsoever and uh, potentially limitless power, depending on... If you have a daytime access, it sounds like it would store pretty good. I mean, uh, John, would you be interested in solar power like that? Oh, absolutely. If I didn't have a couple of 2200, you know, Hondas laying around, I'd yeah. be all into it, yeah. but I'm already invested. But yeah, I think it's fantastic. I'd love to get my hands on one. Does the company have growth potential here, Rusty? Are they going to be making inroads to, you know, all this live fire lifestyle or what? I think so. I mean, they came and talked to us about it. So Anthony and I both have one. A lot of the barbecue guys I know have one. So I think it's crucial for it. I mean, it's it'd be nice to see people having it out, you know, because I'm kind of a hippie that way. I like to see people going away from gas and things like that. So that's one good point of it. Mm. But I, I'm starting to see a lot of people getting them and using them in the barbecue world, in the live fire world. So hopefully they're nice. How many amps? How many amps, Rusty? One. You know, I don't how, know. How many? I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. Rusty, you said you powered your Green Mountain Grill with it. Do you use the pizza oven insert with that too? No, not yet. I have a, a, a pizza. I have a well, I have my own pizza oven, so I don't need it. Don't need it. That's like saying you don't need to breathe. I mean, Green Mountain Grill and pizza oven insert are like hand in hand. It's like food saver and barbecue. What are you doing? It cooks chicken, and that's it. It just sits in the corner. It looks really pretty. And when it's time to cook some chicken cooks in the comp, chicken. it comes out with us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It cooks our chicken. That's it, man. No one, Nothing else goes in that Green Mountain Grill but chicken. Look, let me that's tell you cool. something. This is why competition barbecue continues to fail in this generation because you have different cookers for different meats. You have a Green Mountain Grill chicken cooker. You have a drum to cook this. You have something else to cook that. Uh, by the way, uh, Doug, did I have an answer for you on – how many watts? If you look at the screen here from the Anthony Luhan, 500 watts. By the way. So, uh, oh, okay, that's that's, your... that's not many amps. Oh, okay, 500 watts. So, so whatever amp calculator that is, it's about that four or five four amps. Yeah, 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 four amps. So, so four and a half. You don't, uh, you won't use that Green Mountain Grill for anything else. Just check. Well, I have other cookers for it. So we yeah. just, because I hate cleaning. I hate moving and I hate cleaning, man. I'm not, I don't want to have to go cook out, clean out a cook. If I can get away with not doing a chicken cooker. Yes. Awesome. So oh. nobody touches it and that's why. All right. Uh, we're talking with the embedded correspondents right here. Doug Scheiding to my right, John Solberg down there at the bottom left. And new and audible Rusty Monson at the bottom right from <laughs> Utah. You guys go ahead and hang out here just for a moment, and I'll come right back. We'll talk about Paul Shoddy. We'll talk about promoters and sanctioning bodies. We might even talk about the Subway Rib Sando, because we love barbecue sandos here on this show. Southside Market is something else we love. Anyone who loves sausage and barbecue, you're going to want to listen to this. First of all, they're established in 1882. We know that. Southside is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. 
And they've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for the original beef sausage. All meats, including prime briskets, are smoked low and slow for many hours over real Texas post oak wood. They ship nationwide via the online store at southsidemarket.com. Shipping customers can choose to order now and ship later, include a custom gift note, and mail to multiple addresses without additional charges. All shipped items are vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customer. Shipped with dry ice to ensure complete freshness upon arrival. All meats are processed in the on-site USDA inspected facility. Two, I'm sorry, three restaurants if you want to try them out. Elgin, Texas since 1882. Bastrop, Texas since 2014 and most recently one in Austin, Texas as well. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states. Here's the best part. If you go to southsidemarket.com, you can get 10% off your entire online order. If you use code BBQCENTRAL at checkout, that's promo code BBQCENTRAL for 10% off your entire order when you go to southsidemarket.com. We are back with the Embedded Correspondence right after this. Stick around, and we'll be right back. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. Head on over to smithfield.com through the grilling season for recipes as well as tips and tricks from Chris Lilly and Darren Worth and Ernest Cervantes and Childs Cridlin. With mouthwatering flavor and no artificial ingredients, Smithfield Fresh Pork, quite simply some of the finest pork money can buy. It's a trusted choice of world championship pitmasters for uses at competitions and at home. And I found it this past weekend when I did my... Uh, pork tenderloins that everybody gave me a DM shit about. I gotta tell you that. Look weird. The embedded correspondents are ready to join me, but before we do that, are you ready? You, got, you have to put on the head the headphone, right? Otherwise, we're not going to be able to hear you. Making a quick appearance in the brand new studio is Bobby. Hey, yo, Bobby. Hi, everyone. How are you? Am I on the camera? No, this is not working. God damn it. Is that working? I don't even hear myself. I can hear you. Well, I don't. No, why don't Peanut, you? Peanut, back off. Oh, well, of course you don't. Now you do. Okay. Is that good? Yeah. All right. Peanut has a cut on him. Can Hello. everybody hear Bobby? Come here. John, can you hear her? Can you hear her? You can? All right, yeah, okay. yeah, you got peanut. All right, so uh, what do we what do we think of uh, get the microphone placed right? I mean, come on, it's not your first time. Up to the face, there we go. Oh my lord, every time's the first time. So, what do we think of the new digs right now? It's nice. Yes. In here. And where where have you been? I was at volleyball. Yeah. But I have to leave to go watch some dogs. All right. How was volleyball? Did we win? No. What? I was a fill-in. Oh, here come the excuses, I guess. I was a fill-in. Yes. All I thought I was saying. All right. Did you, so did you play? Yeah. All right. On a team of grown men who don't know how to play volleyball the most correct. Really? Really. All right. Did you block any men? Oh, God. The cats are playing. And don't worry about the cats. Did you block anybody? No, I was passing oh. because I'm the best. Were you the setter? Are you black back row? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was hitting and passing. All right. Great. Do you like the confidence monitor right there? Um, I think you need a chair. I, I, it's not set up all the way yet, but we're going to get there. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I'm going to have a little desk right there. We'll have the confidence monitor uh. so the guests can watch. All right. <gasps> Wait. Very good. Wait. There's Bobby. Now that's it. That's it. You can't just leave. Thanks. We're good. No, we're good. We're good. Bye. What? 
Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you. Oh, wow. We. That's Bobby. Coming in. Dropping in. Dropping like it's hot. Dropping like it's hot. Here are the embedded correspondents, and we're back here. Let me re-turn on everybody's... Uh, I mean, every time, it's like the first time. You know, you figure with a guy that has a show for any number of years, you'd figure out where the microphone needs to be or do more than one-word answers. But, you know, we'll get there one day. I swear to God, we're going to get there, whether she likes it or not. Uh, let's talk about Paul Shoddy. If you're not familiar or you weren't following social media in any form, uh, Paul passed away a couple weeks ago. Um, I, I guess, uh, Doug, I mean, you know... Paul better than anybody here. Uh, it was uh, fairly unexpected. He was doing yard work or something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts on uh, the passing of uh, really a, a barbecue legend? You know, I've, I've known Paul. I've known of him for 10, 10 years or so. And then the last, what, four or five, we've cooked together at the, the Houston Rodeo. And uh, he was like a brother to me to a large extent. And in fact, a lot of people thought we were brothers because he would say his name's Paul Shoddy and I'd say Doug Shiding, and they're like, oh, uh-huh. your brothers. They, you know, they would get the last name. And, and really, he was such a nice person, salt of the earth. And it, I think when I came into his life, if I can say this, um, it helped reinvigorate him in terms of cooking and and we would share ideas back and forth and, you know, tell each other all our recipes and stuff. And and uh, when he finaled at the uh, Houston Rodeo in 2017, um, that was a fantastic moment. And uh, he said it was as, you know, as good as w- him winning the American Royal and the Jack Daniels because he thought that uh, barbecue had kind of passed him on. And, uh, it was, it was kind of a validation of, of, of his cooking in time. But, um, we did, uh, we're on a, our, our team in Houston, the wild game crew is on a radio show on Saturday mornings. And we devoted 45 minutes this, uh, this week to, to him. And, uh, we had people on there such as, uh, Johnny Trigg and Tuffy Stone. And, uh, I, I spoke on Dave, uh, Bosca's, uh, behalf and then uh, his son, and uh, his brother called in, and so it was it was quite a tribute um, uh, to Paul. He was, um, you know, he was at sixty two, and he was just starting his mm. new business, and you know, it. Almost, I I don't know if he signed a new lease, and he was gonna, you know, eventually start his own barbecue line of rubs and sauces and things like that. And he was doing some consulting for uh, some non head country type customers and stuff, and so, but um, yeah, he'll he'll be he'll be sorely missed, and so. But uh, it was a great tribute uh, on Saturday to him. No doubt. And uh, we appreciate your thoughts there on Paul, Doug. Um, Thank you. John, uh, I don't know what your familiarity with Paul was, um, unless it was just cursory here through the show, but uh, I didn't know if you had any thoughts. I just, through the show, I've known him. I know we lost a barbecue great. And all I can do is, you know, peace and light to all his family and friends and the community. I mean, we've we've lost a great one. Uh, Paul, uh, uh, Rusty, your thoughts? Yeah, anytime you lose someone in the in the industry, especially someone who is big as he was, you know, head country's the greatest barbecue sauce there is. So it's just always sad, especially someone who is trying to get back. Yeah, I said it. Good. But uh, you know, someone who's just trying to get back into the swing of things and stuff, it's really sad to hear. So that's always a bummer. Yeah, and he's uh been he was on the show I think uh three times here over the last handful of years. So you can go back through and in the search function uh, you can type in Paul Shoddy and uh they will all come in, return, so you can uh, take a listen. You know, the thing that struck me most about Paul is, and this happens, uh, as I've found here through the show, when you have somebody on the show, it's a different person. Uh, Sometimes people can get nervous or uh, the words aren't coming out right. But when I had an opportunity, and it's few few and far between when I can say I had the opportunity to meet so-and-so in person. I've met John uh, below me in person. I've met Doug uh, a couple times in person. I met Paul Shoddy in person when I went down to the Dallas-Fort Worth MBBQA event uh, a couple of years ago, and it was like a whole different person. He wasn't guarded. He uh, wasn't concerned about what he was saying or coming across the right way. It was just the uh, unbridled Paul Shoddy, and it was, uh, to me, a refreshing experience to be in his company and be able to talk with him about barbecue and uh, and certainly I appreciate the time that he gave to the show, and he did some really good interviews. 
And uh, as everybody else is saying, you know, young, I mean, 62, I think my grandfather, my mom's dad passed away 62 in a similar fashion, washing a car out in the front yard, had a massive heart attack. And, and that was it. I remember that was like in second grade or whenever that happened. So uh, he was uh, really young when that happened. And uh, Paul was ready to, to move on outside of the head country realm and brand, which he helped bring to, uh, you know, wide prominence. Um, let's talk a little bit about the competition side of things here promoter versus sanctioning body for competitions and as things sit now uh, I guess let's start asking the the broad questions and then you can drill down uh, however you want to get John let's start with you should there be barbecue competitions taking place right now and if you were a promoter uh, how do you go about it and would you be looking for any kind of guidance from a sanctioning body I'm going to flip that a little bit. All right. I would be looking for guidance from the sanctioning body. Even though the sanctioning body doesn't own the contest, the promoter owns the contest. But all the rules that a promoter goes to come from the sanctioning body, right? Whether it's garnish or no garnish or whatever that is. So I do believe that the sanctioning body has some obligation to set some standard and rules back to the promoter to ensure consistency across the board. But nobody really wants to touch that because it's a fairly hot topic. Would you be putting on barbecue contests right now? If if you could socially distance it properly, yes, I would. All right. Uh, Doug Shiding, your thoughts? Yeah, I had never really given too much thought to the differentiation between the promoter and you know, IBCA, KCBS, pick your pick your sanctioning body. But uh, there are d- definite distinct lines. And, um, and, and this whole situation has really brought it to the forefront. So, um, I presume most people know that like, you know, IBCA is not sanctioning any contest through October 1st, but, uh, there's Lone Star down here that, that is sanctioning and, uh, the promoter at this time has to get a approval from the city to have any sort of contest. And we can't have gatherings over a hundred people. Yeah. So. I mean, you know, if you have teams of 25, that's that you're going to have at least 75 cookers there, let alone the the buzzards that come and eat, you know, the general public and and then all your judges and, and things like that. So it's really the promoter. And I always looked at it as the sanctioning body that, you know, if you've got music on till midnight or, you know, 1 a.m. That, that you turned off or someone's being rowdy or causing trouble or whatever, it's really the promoter's problem. It's not the sanctioning body. And, uh, the sanctioning body needs to be the leader in the standpoint of is it going to be safe or is it not going to be safe to hold contests? Uh, Rusty, your thoughts? I know you had had Emily Detweiler on your show uh, a couple uh, episodes ago, but and you guys had talked about what you'd like to see from a judging standpoint, but uh, specifically where we're at in the current COVID situation, your thoughts on competitions and promoters and sanctioning bodies? Well, you know, as someone who wanted to do a backyard league that would be sanctioned by kcbs i actually canceled it this year um, because of the COVID issue and then at this on the same ticket i am competing regularly and seeking out competitions to compete in it's hard because i think that you should have some help with your sanctioning body only because you don't want to be the asshole out there going you can't do this because i said so it's more of you know this you know, invisible entity that you can blame <laughs> if you need to, you know, because some people get a little bit angry about it if they do. And so it's nice to have the rules set and everyone knows that's where a sanctioned body could come in. But as far as a promoter goes, it's, you know, and it's impossible. I've been them to them, several of them right lately. And, you know, like I said, you can social distance in this competition world naturally and it's not hard but unfortunately especially as barbecue folk we're very very social we want to see each other and next thing you know you're talking and you look around and there's 12 of you basically hugging so you know it's hard so i i me personally i didn't do it because of that but at the same time i will compete so is there a bigger issue uh in 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 duggan Rusty can probably speak to this a little bit more than John and myself can, but just from an observer standpoint, I can I can see where from a competitor's standpoint, we can talk and feel a little okay about being distant and, and keeping these plans in place, but at some point that food goes into a box and it gets turned into a judge, 
and typically they're intense and close quarters. Is the bigger issue being able to keep the judges distant from themselves, or uh, is it just an overall? Uh, Rusty? Yeah, it's that's the hard part because you know it's easy for us. I'm in at worst, I'm at a ten by ten spot, and the guy next to me is at least six feet away, and I can easily do it. But as a judge, if I'm not placed properly, then that's difficult, you know. So it's going to have to someone. The promoter is going to have to uh, provide the space for everyone to be six feet apart. Everyone's got to be gloved up, masked up, and all that stuff. So it's a very difficult situation, and that's where yeah, you're right. You have to tackle that area and in order to be successful if you want to avoid any backlash with the covid it's right in the judge's tent in my experience judge you agree or uh doug do you agree that judges is kind of the biggest issue here it, it is except for let's say maybe the cooks meeting you know everyone you know tends to gather around and get together you haven't seen each other and you know that and awards so those are probably the two hot spot areas or times during a cook-off from a uh, cooker standpoint, because, you know, down here, we're usually 40 by 40, you know, all of our spots are 40 by 40. And so we're, we're very well, you know, social distance or physical distance uh, from the other teams. But the, uh, the judging is, is an area that um, uh, wouldn't, and and I think with the American Royal, which I know we'll talk about, that's going to be their problem is the hundreds of judges that, that they need. And when I spoke to actually one of the uh, IBCA judges, she said, they haven't had a problem this year getting judges. Normally at a contest down here, you know, where we've got Becky Sue and Billy Bob, you know, doing the judging, they have, sometimes they have trouble getting judges and then they ask teams for, you know, people to come help judge. That's that's what I'm like, oh boy, uh, consider not coming next year because you've got someone that tastes the food and that, that could be a little, uh, if, you know, if your box comes on that table, hey, man, that's all tens. You know, and they're off to the next round. But uh, uh, and and I've I've known in several instances where that's that's happened. But um, they've had more judges than they know what to do with, hmm. and so they actually have and have been trying to keep them all so that they can judge, which creates another larger problem. If you're only expecting seven judges a table, or you know, eight judges a table, or six or whatever, so yeah, because they don't want to turn judges away because they won't come back next year. Judge, you want to, or uh, John, you want to add anything before I do one last break and then we come back and talk about the American Royal? Let's take a break and get to the Royal. All right, we'll take a break and get to the Royal. John's <laughs> sending me away here as he does professionally. Uh, Barbecue Guru is the longest running sponsor of the show. They've always believed that outdoor cooking should be easy and fun because it can be, especially with what? The Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. It's a ceramic cooker. It's the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. This means smarter control and greater freedom with automatic temperature control. Easily choose your cooking time and temperature and let the monolith do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pit master. With minimal effort, you now have oven-like precision at the grill, and you can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. Go to the website, thebbqguru.com, or you can call them 800-288-GURU. That's 800 800- 288-GURU. Ask them all your questions. They'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need, and away you go. Longest-running sponsor of the show. Continuing to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. We're back with the Embedded Correspondence right after this. Stick around. Whole Packers. Full Racks. Legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. And this portion being brought to you by The Smoke Sheet, a free weekly newsletter that keeps you in the know on everything happening in the barbecue world. Go to bbqnewsletter.com and sign up now. A great all-in-one resource covering the live fire industry, the smoke sheet. John and Doug and Rusty are back. So let's tackle this. Last month, uh, Rusty, you weren't part of this, but uh, I know you're a big fan of the show, so you probably had your own thoughts. Uh, We talked about the American Royal. We talked about the current state of where we're at in the country and the coronavirus and all this other stuff. And... uh, 
Memphis and May canceled, and a week after that, the Jack Daniels canceled. There's been plenty of other barbecue competitions that have canceled as we've rolled along here through the weeks, and I've been waiting and waiting for the American Royal to do the same thing. However, they continue to maintain that they will try and make this event come off on time uh, during the weekend that I can't remember right off the top of my head. So we went around the dais last month and said percentage of chance that this is going to happen. 100% chance that it will or 0% chance that it will or some places in between. So we will revisit. Doug, you are up first. Is there a 0% chance that the American Royal will happen or a 100% chance the American Royal will happen? Well, if you recall last time, I was 95 and 5, right. and the 5% was for the five Hall of Fame inductees. Yes. I am now, I spoke to someone, no names please, Rule who number had a uh, con- conversation with someone high up in KCBS, and it sounds like I'm going 50-50 now. Really? Because, wow. Yes, I am, based on Feeling this conversation. Really okay. And the rumor has is, is that, and maybe you know something more, but uh, Rusty, but um, yeah, they're not going to allow uh, public or the buzzards to come in, and it's going to be team only, and they're going to try to control the uh, the number of people in, in attending uh, due to that. And maybe it's a money grab, but that's just me. Uh, John Solberg, 0% chance or 100% chance that the American Royal is happening? It's zero. It's not happening. And I'm, I, it's not happening. And calling the guests or visitors at a barbecue contest a buzzard is offensive. That's offensive, Doug. Get, get off of that, How man. How dare you? you know, are they going to turn down the 70,000 70, gate admissions that happens the weekend of the barbecue right. contest alone? Not to mention it's two months of festivals and activities that surround the right. road. Let's not forget. It's a little tiny thing. They're going to wait till they hit nice. the window of their cancellation insurance. Because that's what they have to do. I say it will not happen. I will bet this way. Or deposits. <laughs> it, it, so you're saying 100%. 100% is 100%. Well, it won't he happen. He switched it on it. Yeah. He, is, he switched uh, it. Yeah. It's not oh, going to happen. It. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Last week we were 100. It wasn't happening. This week we're zero. It's not happening. Oh, okay. It's not happening. All right. It's too big. There's too much risk. No matter what. All right. Okay. Uh, All right. Uh, Rusty All right. Monson, your thoughts on if the American Royal is going to happen or not? Well, like you said, I did talk to Emily Detweiler, and she seemed very confident. And John owes me 499 pennies if it does. So I'm going 100% that it will happen. Wow. Uh, they did cancel all all of the, st- you know, the fluff and stuff like that, but the competition will go. <laughs> and I think actually that probably means it will happen more now because it's, it's a safer environment for the cooks. So I think that actually put me to 100 from 90 nine percent wow uh, yeah all right well i was 50 50 initially and then by the time my speech ended i was 100 percent sure that it was not going to happen and a month later i have new information and a new result actually it's not new at all there's a zero percent chance that this thing is happening it's not gonna happen there's no way uh, you can strip out everything you want. You can uh, kill the buzzards, or as we call them in my world, customers, <laughs> because they're paying. Uh, you can strip out all of that. It still doesn't change the fact that there could be could be upwards of 130 teams on day one, and there could be upwards of 300 or 400 teams on day two in the open. There's no way you're going to be able to regulate that many barbecue cooks to stay the fuck away from each other because, as Rusty said, they're just humans. You don't realize you're accumulating with each other until somebody's going, get away from each other. It's bad. If 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 Memphis in May, Memphis in May has canceled, how can the American Royal take place? Now, I will say, in complete contradiction, where I love to live in hypocrisy. Perhaps the American Royal wants to say, we did it in 2020. 
I think that could potentially be an irresponsible flag to plant in the barbecue sand here. I'm merely speculating that. But we are really running up against where they need to make the call. And it could be coming. uh, I mean, the end of the month is the end of the week, right? I think the 31st is on uh, Friday. So uh, I think we're, we're probably right up against where they need to make that call. I would be shocked if we see the American Royal barbecue competition take place in any form or fashion. So I'm with John. And by the way, John and I are 100% right, and Doug and Rusty are 100% wrong, and uh, we'll see how it all turns out here. Uh, let me go around the crock here before I let you guys go. Doug, anything coming up that you want to talk about? Wait, 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 wait. Can't believe wait. I almost let this one go, and we can run long on this. Gotta go. <laughs> Will you at all, ever? While it's out, ever try the new Subway barbecue rib sandwich, Rusty Monson, yes or no? Oh, man, I'm down to try anything, dude. I'm, I'll eat it all. I don't care. Yeah, give it to me. I, I can't Subway. wait to isolate that from Rusty. I'll eat it all. All right, uh, Doug, will you eat a Subway barbecue rib sandwich, yes or no? Absolutely. If you recall, I liked their brisket sandwich, so I yes, you did. may you knew, you knew I was going there. Yeah. Yes, All absolutely. Right. Uh, John, assign Solberg. it to us. We'll do it. All right, John Solberg, will you eat a barbecue rib sandwich? I will take the assignment if assigned. All right, now let's back out just for a second. No assignment. I want to know okay. what your personal feeling is here. Will you no. do it? No. No. Of course. I'll do it. I will make him do it. All right. Will I do it? Hmm. Subway barbecue no. rib sandwich. Fuck no. Are you kidding me? I mean, I won't. If it's anywhere akin, which it has to be, to a McRib sandwich, and for as much as I love to hype the kooks that love the McRib sandwich when it reappeared every year, making their Vine videos and Twitter videos about. The McRib is back. It's the best thing ever. I mean, the best thing about McDonald's and the McRib was how they were able to yank that away from those monsters to have them then fiend for it for another 11 and a half months. Total magic. But outside of that, that sandwich is crap. When was the last time you saw anything with rib on it with pickles and onion slivers? Zero times. You don't see that in a turn-in box. Nobody's turning in ribs with pickle slices and onion slivers. That sandwich is shit. So if Subway is bringing a rib sub to the san- uh, to the table, I am 0% interested in that, and there's just no way that I'm going to try it. However, in this show, we are here for the people, and it is up to our varying palates of expertise to take one for the proverbial, for the proverbial team. So... <laughs> I am now laying down the law that we will all go out at some point over the next handful of weeks and try the Subway rib sandwich and report back. Doug, you accept Sweet. the challenge, yes? I was going to do it anyway. Rusty and I were going to have a report next week, next month, yeah, whether regardless. we were That's or right. Not. Rusty, exactly. I said we'll eat anything, so I don't have to ask him. John, reluctantly and under protest, you will do it? Absolutely. That's why he's the best. I love John. No, not a team player. That's right. Uh, all right, uh, let's go back around. Doug, anything coming up you'd like to promote? Uh, no, I'm just hunkering down. So, yeah. supposed to do an event in Bozeman next month. So we'll see if I, I go and do that at the end of the month. But uh, otherwise, uh, I haven't been doing too much. John, been anything, cooking a lot at home. And John, anything coming up you want to promote? Just uh, don't forget this Friday, episode 135 of the Best Moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. This week, we're going to talk to Sylvie Curry, and I can't wait. That's right. Sylvie! Fire night. Rusty, what's happening with you? Well, we're going to sear a steak, and then I'm going to get paid my um, my buy-in for that from oh, you because we're going to win. We took second last time with a seared steak. Yep. We're taking it all this time. All right. um, we have... Philip Dell on the Pitmasters podcast coming up. So check that out on Thursday. And then if you're a cook team man and you're around Utah, come to Canab on August 15th. It's going to be a good show mm. if you're into it. If you're into it. All right. Uh, mm. It's Rusty Monson. It's Doug Scheiding and it's John Solberg right here. They are better known 
as the embedded correspondence. Gentlemen, always appreciate it. And thanks for hanging with me this evening. There you go. We're late, but it's worth it as we get ready to get out here on time. I guess first we'll uh, run an ID. Run an ID? I want an ID. Wine Library TV, a.k.a. Yes. WLTV. Yes. This is BBQ That's right. Hey, all the way back in the first hour, we talked with Mike Lang from Another Pint Please, anotherpintplease.com. You can also find him on the Instagrams if you want. A lot of cool pictures and stuff. As he said, he's always taking pictures of his food, like for dinner and stuff, so... He's always got great ads to the Instagram, so follow him if you're not already. Second hour, embedded correspondence. Doug Scheiding, longest-running embedded correspondent from Texas. John Solberg from Michigan. And latest edition, Rusty Monsoon from the great city of uh, Utah joining us. little audio hiccup there in the beginning, but we've come to expect that now at this point. Seems like the new guy always has the problem with the audio. Jeff Reiser came on two months in a row, had like zero audience. It's all right. We got it worked out. He added value by the end of the show, which I appreciate. Uh, don't forget, as John mentioned, best of show coming up this Friday. First hour of this show will be up tomorrow. Second hour up on Thursday. Big show planned for you next Tuesday as well. We're locked and loaded with everybody in. We never even approached 20% CPU, which is great. Now, if we could only work on that internet as I talked about. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Reppy. Good night now.